live on a Studio E in Los Angeles, California. Hoping that you're having a beautiful day wherever you are. 1-800-548-8255. XM Satellite Radio 246. Streaming worldwide at TalkDavid.com. You're tuned in to America's Positive Radio Talk Show. Celebrating 22 years on the air. Proud to be part of the Premier Radio Network. I'm going to hit a couple really important points. And then we're going to have a fascinating interview. I love the whole concept of... Combining the spiritual with the material. We have an author, Riz Verk, coming up, author of the book, Zen Entrepreneurship, Walking the Path of the Career Warrior. We're going to figure out what that means. What is a career warrior? How do you walk that path? What is it that we need to be doing to to do that marriage of the spiritual inner peace as well as the success in business? It's so fascinating. I, you know, I, I did a workshop presentation last weekend. I taught a 10-hour workshop on life mastery. And uh, an individual came up to me about halfway through and said, well, I am committed to the spiritual path, which means that I am struggling financially. And I think that's just the way it's always going to be. And I listened to that comment, and I thought, I wonder how many people on the spiritual path have made that mistake. We're going to find out from Riz Verk, the, the author of Zen Entrepreneurship, what his take on that is. You know, why do we have that kind of a belief system that if we're doing what we love, the money will never follow, right? It's like, why do we have that? And more importantly, maybe, is that what do we need to do to move past it? I am excited to get this gentleman on on the air. Toll free, 1-800-548-8255. Toll free, 1-800-548-8255. Really quickly, we, we get so many texts and emails. Let me just do a couple um, really fast ones here. Uh, someone was asking about... They been in a relationship 10 years and I'll go into more detail in about 45 minutes with this but they've been in a relationship t- 10 years their sex life is absolutely dead boring and she said she has no idea what to do about it and all of her friends are in the same situation well you know what that leads to infidelity resentments yes there's an answer to that Oh, my gosh. How long does it take to radically change your body via diet? I'll tell you what. If you start eating clean, one of my favorite books, of course, is Body for Life. Bill Phillips has been out for about 15 years. It's still an awesome book. 90 days. You have to you know, exercise, of course. You're going to have to exercise. But if you really want to see radical changes by eating clean, I'll tell you what that means later, 90 days. Now, listen, if you're going to live to be 75, 80 years old, a 90-day commitment is nothing to start eating clean. Plus, you'll sleep better. You'll feel better. You'll look better. Your breath will be better. You'll go to the bathroom easier. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, last one quickly, and then we're going to my author. Uh, how many days does it take to create a new habit, like exercise, meditation, getting up earlier? Let me go back to my 90 days. A lot of people say 21 days, but what we found in the last 25 years of working with people that for the most part, I mean, a new habit, of course, can be manifested overnight, right? I mean, you could. You could decide right now, I'm going to quit smoking, quit drinking. But what we found with a lot of people that it is approximately 90 days once again in order for something like brushing your teeth to become brushing your teeth. Do you remember when you were a little kid how long it took before you stopped fighting mom and dad, most of us, and actually brush your teeth? for the rest of your life, it took a little bit. 1-800-548-8255. Riz Verk, author of the book, Zen Entrepreneurship, Walking the Path of the Career Warrior. He is the creator of the iPhone game Fish Tap, which you might be familiar with. It's been downloaded, guess how many times? It's more than a million. 
it's more than 10 million. It's actually more than 29 million times. His, his fish tap game on iPhone downloaded 30 million times. Killer. Riz, welcome to the show. Thank you, David. It's great to be here. Yeah. So, hey, talk about this whole thing with people on a spiritual path. Money is always an issue. Talk about that. You must have an opinion. Well, yeah, absolutely. You know, when I, uh, you know, the book itself is about my very first startup when I was a fresh graduate out of MIT and I had no no money to speak of and I had a lot of student loans. I'd grown up in Detroit, lower middle class. And, you know, I at that time started doing meditation, yoga, learning about different types of spiritual practices, including some esoteric things like Tibetan dream yoga. And at first, you know, I viewed these two things as being very separate from each other. There was my business, my work, and then there was my spiritual path. Uh, But what I found over time was that they started to bleed together in important ways, and I learned to use my work as meditation. Uh, But what I found eventually was that the same issues that we struggle with in our spiritual path are often the, the, the same issues that are holding us back from greater financial success and from finding, you know, real meaningful work in our lives. And, and I'll give you an example. In my book, I talk about my very first company. What happened was we had raised millions of dollars of venture capital. And we were growing really fast, and then we, we hit a bit of a wall. And the wall, what it turned out, was because of my, what I call my energetic pattern of wanting to do too many things at once. I would jump into something, do it for a little while, and then I'd want to jump on to the next thing and do that for a little while, and then jump on to the next thing and do that for a little while. Well, it turns out that the business was a reflection of this inner state, and we started to do way too many things. And as a result, many of the things that our business was doing was suffering. Some of our core business was suffering. And so it turns out that was very much related to what I was struggling with in my own meditation, of my mind jumping around and wanting to go into so many different areas. And so this this idea of the energetic pattern uh, is really the link between the two, in my opinion, and, and I talk a lot about this in the book, that our energetic patterns are partly our strengths, and our weaknesses, and part of a spiritual path is to discover and release these patterns, which can also lead to greater financial success as well. Now, in order to do that, Riz, are we talking about learning the the discipline of meditation or the discipline of exercise or the discipline of contemplation? Like, is that the way you break an energetic pattern of multitasking where you're starting a thousand things and never finish anything? What is the solution to that energetic pattern? Well, I believe that the, the solution begins with recognizing that we have an energetic pattern going on. Uh, and sometimes this is the most difficult thing to do, recognizing the causes and the effects. And to do that, we have to see more clearly. Now, in the Eastern traditions, uh, the way to do that is through meditation and yoga, through both a physical practice as well as a uh, mental practice. And, and according to the yogic traditions, what happens over time in our lives is that we're composed of a series of, of clear sheets or bubbles, one inside the other. And over time, these bubbles develop imperfections in them, and they start to get bent out of shape. Uh, and what happens is that they get, get, get very muddy, so like a dirty windshield. And we can't really see what's happening as we navigate uh, through our lives. And so the process of meditation and yoga are useful for starting to clear up some of these imperfections. So one, we can see more clearly, but two, we can learn to see the causes and effects of the things that are holding us back. Uh, I'll give you a great example. I, I, you know, I, I used to be an entrepreneur. Now I'm an investor and, and work and mentor people in starting their own businesses and finding their own career paths. And I was working with this one guy, and he had the same thing happen to him over and over again. He would attract a new investor in his business. They'd have a, a honeymoon period where everything was great. He would follow the guy's advice. 
and then inevitably something would go wrong with the business. And then rather than taking uh, a responsibility for that thing going wrong, he would turn around and blame his new investor or advisor. And then they would have a fight, and then they would never talk to each other again. (laughs) And then this pattern happened again and again with three or four different investors in a row. And he was stuck in this pattern that repeated in, in this external pattern, which was very much a result of his own internal pattern and personality. But he couldn't see. He couldn't see those cause and effects. It was kind of like Bill Murray in the movie Groundhog Day. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Right. Sure. He's repeating the same day over and over again, but yeah. you know, he has to recognize what's happening and take different action and release that pattern. And that's what you know, the path is all about, is learning to do that. Okay, now, I love this, the word pattern. In our work, Riz, we have our clients do all this pattern writing. If it's a relationship issue, a financial issue, we have them go back in time and, and, and write the pattern of how many times this issue has come up. And, and then we ask them to write about their responsibility in that dysfunction, just like what you were saying with this client of yours, right? When we come back, we're going to talk about taking personal responsibility on this path of success. And I want to get get Riz Verk's opinion on that. How important is it? And once you take responsibility for something that you think is always someone else's fault, what do we do next? You're tuned into America's Positive Radio Talk Show, David Essel Alive. More information davidessel.com also zenentrepreneur.com more to come stay there USA every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific, 1-800-548-TALK, 1-800-548-TALK. You're tuned into America's Positive Radio Talk Show, David Essel Alive. My guest, Riz Verk, author of the book, Zen Entrepreneurship, Walking the Path of the Career Warrior. We are talking, Riz, just before the break, about the patterns in our careers, the patterns with money. Taking responsibility for the thing we've been doing over and over and over again that isn't working. Why is that so hard for people to see and do? Well, I think when you're in it, it's very difficult to to see the cause and effect relationship. Uh, And that's really, you know, why I think a spiritual practice goes hand in hand uh, with what we do in our careers and as we're trying to succeed in life. Uh, Because it helps us to kind of open that inner eye, the blocks that are in our way from perceiving. I mean, our patterns are, I like to say they're like dragons. And there's a really good Chinese proverb about dragons. You may have heard it before, but it goes like this. It says that if you ignore the dragon, then it will eat you. If you confront the dragon directly, then it will defeat you. But if you learn to ride the dragon, you can take advantage of its might and its power. And our patterns are like that. They, they contain might and power. I talked about my own pattern of doing too many things at once. Well, that was part right. of my strength. That was why I became an entrepreneur in the first place, because I could jump into something new and, and really be successful at it. But then it became a weakness as well. And so recognizing that we have these strengths and weaknesses is, is an important part, I think, of, of, of getting to be successful in our lives. And it's one of what I call the four keys to manifestation, which is recognizing our patterns. So so talk about manifestation. That word for the past 15 years has been used on billions of books, CDs. It, it's something that everyone wants to talk about. Describe what it means to be a really good, positive manifester in life. 
Sure, and I, I believe there are four keys to manifestation, and sometimes people only focus on one of those keys and not the others, and I think that's why, you know, there's the old biblical phrase, ask and you shall receive. Well, sometimes we ask and we don't receive, <laughs> at least not right away. Right. Uh, and I think that's, you know, it's important to understand all four of these keys. So I'll go through them really quickly. The first key is what I call right intent, and that is very much what people have been talking about uh, with the law of attraction, going back to the secret, going all the way back to Napoleon Hill in the 20s with Think and Grow Rich, which is to focus your intent on the goal that you're trying to create and to set in motion both hidden uh, and uh, visible forces to help you along the way. Now, sometimes we think of this as a willful act, that we're projecting this reality, but uh, part of what I teach is that we, we need to actually learn to listen as well. So when we visualize something, instead of just you know choosing uh, some uh, visualization that is difficult for us to hold on to, we need to learn to listen in our mind's eye and look for the right visualization that will take us along this path. And we'll find that certain things are easier for us to hold on to with our intent uh, than other images. And those are what I call clues from the universe that are guiding us. And I'll talk a little bit more about clues and using your, your life as a treasure hunt a little bit later. Uh, but so that's the first key. The second key is what I talked about earlier, which is the right patterns. Understanding that we have been manifesting both positively and negatively in our lives to date and being able to look back. And then based upon what we learn when we look back, uh, the third key is what I call right technique, and that is finding the technique that fits best with our own patterns, our own karmic attributes, uh, and the way that we, we naturally are, gravitate towards things. I'll give you an example. Um, when I was writing my first book years ago, I, I went to see this very famous a Pulitzer Prize-winning author, Isabel Allende at Berkeley, and somebody asked her, how can I write my first novel? And she gave what was a pretty good technique. She said, write a page a day. And at the end of the year, you'll have 365 pages, and that's enough sure. material for a novel. Now just revise it, and there you go. And I thought, wow, what a great technique. She's a very successful author. Let me go try it. It turns out I failed miserably in using that technique. <laughs> turns out yep. that slow and steady technique did not work well with my energetic pattern. Turns out I can write five pages, ten pages in a day, and then not write anything for a period of time, and then write another ten pages. But, you know, that writing a page a day is just something that, that was not easy for me to do. So it was like I was going uphill. Uh, and so it's important that we find the right technique and whatever we're trying to achieve in life, whether it's to be a stock market investor or be successful in real estate or get into Hollywood and, and make a $100 million blockbuster, the problem is not that there aren't techniques out there. Sometimes there's too many books on how to do all these things. There's too many different techniques. What's important is that we find the one that is right given our knowledge of our energetic patterns. Uh, and that's why I encourage some amount of self-reflection. And then finally, the fourth key, which is what I think people also ignore, is, is right timing or appropriateness. Uh, and that means that uh, we are going downhill rather than having to struggle uphill to achieve a particular goal. Uh, and you can, as you try to manifest something in the world, this goes, uh, this is two parts. The first is inner timing. You know, where are you in your life? I mean, if you have a lot of financial obligations, well, maybe it's not the best time to be breaking out to start that company you've been visualizing at this moment, right? So there's a little bit of practicality, and then there's the external timing. So you mentioned my game, uh, Tap Fish, which had been downloaded 30 million times. Well, we started that company in 2010, which was a great time to do iPhone apps, uh, and that's why we were able to get millions of downloads. Today, it turns out there's like 900,000 apps in the Apple App Store. So right. It's very difficult to right. make a new game and get your game downloaded 30 million times. So that's yes. an example of, of following the timing and learning to ride it. So I think if you take all those keys into, in, into consideration, you can manifest much more appropriately and much more successfully, uh, I think, than, than you know, what, what might have happened in the past. 
Define career warrior. So, you know, a career warrior is somebody who uses his uh, work as a form of spiritual practice. And so I, I mentioned briefly earlier that, you know, I learned about all this meditation stuff. I wasn't really interested in it early on. I just wanted to make money. Right. And so I was looking for <laughs> spirituality to, to help me in my career. But by the time I was done in this journey, which, of course, is never done, I actually viewed it completely opposite, that what happens in my work, in my career, is a direct reflection of my inner state. So the challenges that, I'm, that, I, that come up in my career really is a way of working on myself. It's a way of clearing off those, uh, those imperfections that I talked about in our energy field and recognizing and transcending our energetic pattern. So a career warrior does this. Um, and one, one technique that he uses is uh, using his work as a form of meditation. Um, now, I can jump into that. I mean, look, looking at that, because Riz, this, this is a, a, a challenge for most people, looking at challenges on their career path as an opportunity to explore, to be open, to grow, what's the, the, the flip of the switch of the brain instead of going, oh, my God, not another block? How does the career warrior switch it to look at, at as a challenge and an opportunity to grow versus just another pain in the butt thing to deal with? You're absolutely right, and that's a key perspective. And uh, there was a famous author in the 70s, Carlos Castaneda. You may have read some of his books. Sure. You know, he wrote that an ordinary person views everything as a blessing or a curse, but a warrior views everything as a challenge. Uh, and that is really the perspective that the career warrior has. And to get that perspective, I, I think we just need to shift our thinking about the mundane tasks that we're doing. I'll give a great visual uh, example. I don't know if you've seen the movie from the 80s, The Karate Kid. Do you remember that movie? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the teacher was teaching the student you know, how to do karate, but instead he had him do a bunch of chores, paint the fence and wax the floor. Sure. And the student got upset. He said, why are you having me do chores? You're supposed to be teaching me karate. Well, it turns out by doing those chores, he was exercising the right muscles to be able to block karate kicks and karate punches. So he was using a subterfuge to teach him how right. to exercise those muscles. So using our work as meditation is very similar. We're actually doing these daily chores that we have to do in our work. It might be data entry. It might be writing a report. It might be scheduling some meetings, but we're using it as, a, as an exercise to train the muscles of our mind. Uh, now, in the early days, meditation is usually about concentration, whether you're concentrating on an energy center, an object, a mantra, uh, a spiritual deity, whatever you're meditating on, what happens is that your mind gets distracted. You start to think about you know, what happened yesterday in that meeting when you should have you know, come up with a witty response, right? But you didn't think of it in time. Right, or right. it shifts to what you're going to do this weekend and, or what you're going to have for dinner later today. So our mind naturally wanders to the past, to the future, anywhere but the present. <laughs> and yeah. so... In the early days, meditation is about bringing our attention back and focusing on what we're doing in the present moment or our object of meditation. So you can take that task at work, say it's data entry, and every time your mind wanders, and there's ample opportunity for the mind to wander, right? Well, now we have Facebook, we have Twitter, right. we have text Riz, we, we've got about 10 seconds. We're going to go to a quick break. Hold that thought. I'm going to come back with a final question for Riz Verk, author of the book, Zen Entrepreneurship. Hang right there, Riz, and our audience. Back in a moment. I'm David Essel, talkdavid.com.
helping you to become more alive in every area of your life. That's what we've been doing here on the air for 22 years. Welcome aboard. David Essel in the box. XM246, streaming worldwide at talkdavid.com every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific. My guest, Riz Verk, author of the book, Zen Entrepreneurship, Walking the Path of the Career Warriors. Uh, Riz, I want you to go back and finish your thought on transforming the mind, taking the challenge and making it look or looking at it from a different perspective as an opportunity. Then I'm going to go to a final question for you. But please go go back to that because that's so crucial for our listeners that want to become more successful in life is not to get bogged down and stuck in the challenges, but looking at them as an opportunity. Go ahead and finish that thought, please. And karate kid where you have a yes. daily chore, but the real purpose of that task is something else. And so in your work, you can use mindfulness and you can say for the next hour or next two hours, I'm going to bring my mind back. And each time you do that, you're exercising this muscle of attention, right? This muscle in the mind, which builds your ability to stay focused and to achieve your goals. And so every time you have a, a mundane task, you can say, you can turn it into what I call a warrior's task. A warrior's task has a visible, obvious reason you're doing it which is to complete the spreadsheet or write the schedule or have this meeting, and a non-obvious, a hidden reason for doing it, which in this case is to train the mind. And the way to know if you're doing it right or not is at the end of the day at work, do you feel more frazzled than you did in the morning? If so, then you've, you know, you've gotten distracted like a lot and you've been pulled in a lot of different yeah. directions. But if you feel more focused and more present, then you've actually learned to use your work as meditation. And that's one See, of See, I love that, Riz, because now you're giving people an opportunity to evaluate what you're saying as effective and if they're following it or if they're not. I love that, that idea. You know, with, without yeah, an ability always, to... You know, it's always difficult, right? Because there's always things sure. that we get distracted by. And, and obviously, if it's your boss and you have to <laughs> pay attention to him, that's one thing. But if it's, yeah. you know, a Facebook pop-up on your iPhone, you don't have to turn your attention to it right now. <laughs> you can do right. it later. And, and, and that's, you know, becoming conscious uh, and taking, taking uh, your ability to create and get things done in your own hands. 60 seconds left. The one key that you wish every one of our listeners would grasp that you have not mentioned yet that would have the biggest positive effect on their life would be what? Well, I think it would be to turn their lives and their careers into a treasure hunt. Um, and that means learning to use your intuition to find the clues. If you've ever seen any of the old uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark films with Indiana Jones, oh, gosh, there's always yeah. a spiritual yeah. treasure at the end, right? There's the Ark of the Covenant yeah. or the Holy Grail. But to get there, they had to follow the first clue, and then they had to follow the second clue, and then they had to follow the third clue, but the clues weren't laid out all at once. Uh, well, it turns out in our careers, we're constantly getting messages, uh, what I call messages from the hidden worlds, uh, that really are tweaks to our intuition. Uh, they're also what I like to think of as glitches in the matrix between the spiritual world and the material world. And when you notice that, when you have a funny feeling about something, or you have a sense of deja vu, uh, then if you can follow that, you can learn to follow that clue and say, okay, where is this clue leading me to next? Uh, and usually it's leading to a message or a direction or some change that you might want to make in your career or your life. And if you can learn to listen to the clues, and I talk about the seven type of clues in the book, uh, you know, you can turn your entire work into something that's full of magic and mystery rather than being a mundane set of tasks. Open your mind. Check the book out, Zen Entrepreneurship, Walking the Path of the Career Warrior. My guest, Riz Verk, the, the website where all of this is available, zenentrepreneur.com. Riz, thank you so much for your time and your passion. I love the energy in your voice. 
Oh, well, thanks for having me. It was great to be here. Yes. Have a wonderful night. Our toll-free number, 1-800-548-8255, 1-800-548-8255. There is a question that has been coming up over and over and over again about couples that have been together for 10 years or longer and a lack of a sex life. Have you been in that situation before? Or have you been with your your partner for longer than 10 years? Is your sex life good? Is your your sensuality good? Call me, 1-800-548-8255. What are you doing that the rest of us need to know about? And I'm being very, very sincere and honest here. 1-800-548-8255. If you've been with your partner for 10 years or more, and you feel that your sex life is vibrant, it's real, it's active, it's satisfying for both partners, I want to talk to you. 1-800-548-8255. There are so many people that write to us on a weekly basis with this type of a question that they're stumped. They're stymied. They're saying, I love, as a matter of fact, I'll read this one here. Can sex be good after 10 years as a couple? I have yet to find a couple who who has an exciting sex life after 10 years. Why is this? Another one. I'm about to lose and leave my partner after 15 years. For the past five years... Yes, after the first 10 years were great, the past five years, our sex life is non-existent. I try to talk about it, but she won't even broach the subject. Is this common? Here's another one. Sex was great for the first six years. After that, it's been void. We've been together 12 years. That means six years of sex once or twice a year only. This is killing me. Should I stay? You know, we. I want to know from you. I know there are couples in the USA listening to us right now that really feel that they have a very healthy sex life. They have a very good communication about sex. 1-800-548-8255. And I want to find out from you what it is that you think are the keys to vibrant long-term sexuality with a partner. And maybe you're, maybe you're single right now, but maybe you were in a relationship where that you had really great physical communication, emotional, mental communication. What were the keys? Share with us. You can text us at 941-266-7676. Call us 1-800-548-8255. This is so huge. As a matter of fact, September 21st, 22nd, I'm going to be doing a love, intimacy, and sex workshop. And we are going to blow the doors out because we have answers to this. But I want your answers. America, I want you to call in and share what have you done personally? What have you done to pull off a great intimate life for 10 years or longer? What are the secrets for so many people who are suffering right now? I hate to see relationships end over this. I really do. In our work, we've saved hundreds of couples in the last 22 years who wanted to end a relationship because the sex had been gone forever. What are you doing differently? 941 to text us, 941-266-7676, or call us, 1-800-548-8255. We've got calls coming in right now. We're going to get them on the air ASAP because this is crucial. Why lose a great relationship when you don't have to? It's, it's, it's really amazing that we have too many people letting relationships go because intimacy is gone. Have you been there? What did you do? 
What would you recommend to other people? We would love to know your feelings. We'd love to know what you're thinking. We'd love to have answers for the millions of couples that are sitting here listening right now going, yeah, I want to know that too. I want to know what the heck these guys are doing that are helping so many people. A text just came in and said, it's all about communication, David. If you can't talk about sex, you can't have great sex. Isn't that incredible? I mean, it's amazing. Let's go to Terry in Wyoming. Terry's got some thoughts, I'm sure. Terry, welcome to the show. Hey, Hello, how Terry. are you? Good. Talk to us, please. Save America, honey. <laughs> what is it you wanted to know? Well, like, people so often say after 10 years of marriage, after 10 years of dating someone, the sex goes out the window, they build resentments, and I'm trying to find people that have had intimacy for more than 10 years, and they're happy with it. Well, we've had it for 37 years and very happy with it. It's there, and what's the, what's the secret for 37 years of an active sex life? Communication. Yeah. And... It's 50-50. And, you know, ah. just remember when you were dating, you were more than See, happy to give it up. Oh, my so God, they, Terry. Terry, listen, we have to go to a quick break. Stay right there. We're going to talk more to Terry. Call us, 1-800-548-TALK. I'm David Essel. We're looking forward to talking to you. Yeah, you can be the greatest. You can be the best. You can be the King Kong banging on your chest. You can beat the world. You can beat the war. You can talk the guy go banging on his door. You can throw your hands up. You can beat the clock. You can move a mountain. You can break rocks. You can be a master. Don't wait for luck. Dedicate yourself and you go find yourself. So all week we continue to get emails in of couples who have been together 10 years or longer just screaming about the lack of intimacy. We open it up to America today. We have Terry from Wyoming on the air with me, uh, married 37 years. And Terry, you're talking about intimacy, that your intimacy is still strong after 37 years of marriage. Yes, sir. And are you both happy? Oh, yeah, very happy. It's communication. He opens the doors for me. He, he actually listens to me when I talk. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's a, that's a, You know what, Terry? I, I'm laughing because many women say that, I mean, I, I, it's almost like a novelty. If you find a guy that listens to his partner, uh, and guys, I'm being very honest with you. I've been counseling couples for 22 years now. If, if, a, if a woman says, my partner actually listens to me, that is huge, Terry, isn't it? Very huge. Yep. But it works both ways. I have to listen to him, too. Of course. <laughs> when I want to. <laughs> and I no, like I'm to. I'm actually That's really cute. spoiled. Wow. Now, now let I me ask you this question. Are, are you guys, are you intimate once a week, twice a week, once a month, once every six months? What's it like? Well, we're getting older, so it's getting less. So <laughs> maybe now it's once a week. Once a week. And then and then outside of, of actually making love, how is it that you connect intimately? What's intimate for you and your husband outside of the physical act of making love? Oh, my goodness. Uh, we hold hands when we're walking in the mall or he'll just we'll just stop and give each other a kiss. 
Mm. If he doesn't touch me, something's wrong. It's right. It's just, uh, you know, touching. <clears throat> With holding hands or a kiss or we sit next to each other. And the older that we get, the more we do notice. People do not do that. Yes. They are sitting at, in a restaurant, not communicating, but they are communicating on that damn cell phone. Oh, yes. They do not communicate anymore. It's like they have to text each other to talk. Right, right. Make sense? Oh, yeah. No, no. And that's a huge block. I mean, it's it's a massive block. I love everything you're saying. And I asked you the question about how are you intimate without making love? Because so many people, Terry, have forgotten the power of the human touch, of holding hands, of hugging. Um, you know, you they've know, really forgotten. Do you Go know ahead. that after 37 years, when he touches me, sometimes I still get butterflies in my stomach? Oh, that is so beautiful, Terry. Hey, listen, listen. My, I, I said this to my partner <clears throat> so many times. Is that wherever we are, I'm going to be touching you. Yeah. Wherever we are. You know, because for multiple reasons. I mean, from a selfish reason is that I am in love and I want to share that love and I want to feel that energy, right? Absolutely. And and then yeah. on a secondary on a secondary level, I want her to feel incredibly supported and cared for. Yep. Not just when well, we're behind closed doors. Yep. We that's the way my husband and I work. And I, I wouldn't have that, it Terry. any other way. I love it. So for every couple that's struggling, we're gonna go to John next after we talk to Terry. For every couple who's struggling Please listen to what Terry said. Communication, touch. Communication, touch. Listening to each other. Oh, my God, that's so huge. Look into each other's eyes when you actually talk to each other. Oh, I love that, Terry. Oh, that's big. That is really big. Hey, listen. Tell your husband he rocks. He must for you guys to have that kind of relationship. And can I say one more thing? Yes. For the women out there listening, be that woman that you would want to come home to. Mm. And maybe your husbands will come home to you. Wow. Wow. Okay, let me say something about that, Terry. Do you know, two, uh, what was it, two or three days ago, I'm working with a couple, and I won't mention their name, but because I have confidentiality papers signed, they always tell me, oh, we'll sign them, but use, use our names during workshops. Well, listen to this. The woman used to come home, God's honest truth, the minute she got in, she would take her heels off, wash all her makeup off, and um, and throw on, like, old ripped jeans and an old ripped shirt and whatever. And and they their intimacy went from four times a week to once every other week. And when they came into my office and I asked them to be 100% honest, and the guy looks at me, looks at her, he goes, well, you know what? He goes, I'm not getting sex much now anyway, so if I tell her the truth, it's not going to change anything, which I, I started laughing. And he said, do you know, four years ago, when we first started dating, when she came home from work, she would actually go and reapply her lipstick, leave her work clothes on, and she looked gorgeous when she left the door in the morning. And I would come home from work, and she looked gorgeous at night. And that would drive my passion, and we made love all the time. A year ago, she decided 
then I never talked to her about it. He goes, my, my fault is I never talked to her. He goes, a year ago, she came home, washed all the makeup off, wore these ratty clothes, and my desire started to wane. And you know what, Terry? She looked at him and started crying, and she said, I can't believe that I pulled away like that. But it's not your fault, wow. honey. Yeah, isn't that amazing? And she said, for the last yep. year, I've been, pu- I've been pulling away, and that's one of the ways I did it. Yeah, well, we all have our moments, but I still like looking nice for my husband, and he compliments me all the time. Oh, that is beautiful. Well, again, give him a hug. I compliment him. Amen to that. Give him a hug, Terry, and thank you so much for all your time today. Awesome. Okay, (laughs) bye bye now. You're welcome. Let's go from Wyoming to Missouri. John, you're on with David Essel. Hello, Dave. How you doing? Hey, good, John. Do you have a thought on this topic? Excuse me? Do you have a thought on this topic? Yes. My wife and I have been together for like 30 years, and what that lady was saying was very true. We touch each other. We talk to each other. We look into each other's eyes, and we still have a pretty good thing going after 30 years. After 30 years? Now, now, what does that mean, John? You have a good thing going. Do you make love once a week, once a month, once every six months? What's that mean to you? Uh, about anywhere from once, one to three times a week. And, that's very uh, active. That's and uh, my wife, I'm 61, and my wife is 67, and uh, we get along really great. And I help her clean the house. She helps me do the yard. We work together really well, and we've been team drivers for like uh, 18 years now. I told her when wow. they want to come on the road with me, and uh, uh, and now we work together. We've been together 24 seven for the last uh, 18 years now. Oh and my! Working out really good. It sounds like it's working out phenomenal. Now, I, I jotted down a couple of things you said. You said that you talk to each other, you look into each other's eyes, and you touch each other. Well, for example, like. Uh, when we're off on the weekends, which is Tuesday, Wednesday, and well, part of Tuesday and all day Wednesday and Thursday, we'll just lay in bed and just we'll just talk to each other and look into each other. And sometimes, it, most of the times, 99% of the time, something happens. And that's like after just talking and just, and of course, you know, yeah. we're not there with clothes on, of course, you know, but, you know, we got a really good thing going. And, it's, and that it sounds like right. it. We talk to each other, we touch each other. And we uh, get along just fine. It's great. Yeah. And that's, John, I think that's what keeps us strong. Oh, well, yeah. And you know what's so cool with you and what Terry from Wyoming was sharing is that, you know, there's millions of couples listening right now, and some of them are in extremely difficult relationships right at this time. Others are on the fence, and others are doing pretty good. But one of the things I think is so beautiful is that you are reiterating the importance of talking, touching, and looking into each other's eyes. Some of those really simple things, John, that can encourage and enhance the intimacy in any couple whatsoever. And, and I want to thank you so much most for sharing. Most, most yeah. definitely, yeah. And my wife totally agrees. She's up, she just got out of the sleeper, and, and I told her what was happening. And go, oh, my God, yes. And I tell her that I really love you a lot, and we get along. And uh, here, can I can she say a couple things real quick, like? Hold on. Yeah, we've got, okay. we've got, we got 15 seconds, oh. John. Okay, hold on. <laughs> 15 seconds. Hi. Yeah, and we both, I don't think I look 67, and we exercise, and we take care of our bodies, and, you know, I'm sure we don't look wow. like we're 30, but 
So, um, yeah, I, I love him, and he loves me, and, yeah, sex is pretty dang good, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing. We love to have you on the show. Hey, gang, next week we're going to rock again every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific, XM 246. You can listen to the show. If your friends don't have XM, tell them to go to talkdavid.com. Talkdavid.com. Talk. David.com. Be bold, be strong, be positive. I'm David Essel. See you next week.